All right, y'all, welcome to another episode of the Good Newscast. We are talking in the Bible Basics series that is coming to an end. In the next few weeks, we're talking justification today. This podcast is zero prep. Jeff preached on it uh, last Sunday. I don't say that to demean it. I say that to know, well, put it in context, okay? Zero prep. We love to talk about justification. Martin Luther, what did he say about justification? That it's the hinge. Yeah, it's it. The on central which, doctrine, which the church stands or falls. Yeah, the central doctrine by which on which the church stands or falls. Um, justification is not one of many doctrines. It is uh, the the soul, the heart of the message of the Bible mm-hmm. and of the gospel. And whether you know it or not, um, you care a lot about this weird word called justification. Yes. Um, deep, deep down in your soul. So, um, Jeff, I'll turn it over to you that you can kind of talk a little bit about justification, what you may be preached on, mm-hmm. um, or anything else that kind of comes to mind and, uh, and I'll sprinkle in there yeah. some of my genius. The first thing that, co- <laughs> it is a genius. <laughs> first thing that comes to mind is that, um, I mean, just if you look at church history, that the greatest outpourings of God's spirit uh, on the church beyond Pentecost, like the Protestant Reformation, 1500s, First Great Awakening, 1600s, uh, the central epicenter uh, doctrine driving it all, uh, the engine driving it all was justification. Even Edwards said that uh, God's attestation to justification is what the first great awakening was all about and so i mean that's just phenomenal to even think about that i mean we could just spend all the time in the world talking just about that so that that justification uh makes healthy churches healthy church leaders healthy cultures i mean both both of those movements both of those outpouring of god's spirit in human history is still felt today um, so just even thinking about that, cause you know, there's doctrine gets such a, uh, a bad rap, a negative rap, uh, that it's not very practical. It's like really, really heady. Um, but where that doctrine has been rediscovered lives, churches, church leaders, cultures change, they become healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is an incredibly practical doctrine just by the definition of being practical, useful, effective, um, powerful, mm-hmm. uh, which is really, really fascinating. So uh, I've always had a um, obs- observing fascination with justification, like just as a curious person um, because of that fact. When I came to seminary, um, I didn't know much about justification. Uh, and looking at church history and beginning to realize how important this doctrine was um, just gave me an incredible curiosity and and almost like I'm approaching a, a lion that's caged and I want to let it out in my own life. Uh, how do you let this thing out, so to speak? You know, it's like this uncaged lion. So uh, I love love reading, studying, hearing, looking at church history, seeing the empirical evidence that completely validates the incredible epicenter, uh, centrality, 
cruciality of this doctrine. And then once you get to kind of know your own soul, you realize that you basically have a justification-sized hole in your soul, Mm -hmm. that you were made to be justified. Uh, You were made to be loved and accepted. You were made to be approved. You were made to have this ultimate sentence of validation and qualification. You were made, uh, to use the language uh, of Brene Brown, to be enough uh, in your being and your doing. You were made to be, in the words of Paul, righteous. Uh, you were made to be perfect and complete and whole. Uh, you were made for that kind of deep recognition and affirmation that goes down to the roots of your being that you are worthy mm-hmm. to be alive, mm-hmm. worthy of existence, the justification of mm-hmm. your very existence. And just even noticing that, you can trace that need in people's lives, and that will explain a lot. Mm-hmm. It will explain lives, it will explain homes, it will explain relationships, it will explain churches, it will explain um, people that uh, are driven and uh, accomplish, and people that appear to be lazy and withdrawn and fearful and don't want to enter the arena. Uh, It's a very practical, dangerous doctrine. So I was telling you, I uh, came across, maybe, I don't know know how long ago now, it feels like a year, it could have been three. Uh, There's popular YouTubers, Rhett and Link, who were um, a part of maybe Campus Crusade, maybe Campus Crusade, but one of those parachurch members, uh, ministries that especially yeah. focuses heavily on evangelism. Yeah, they, they, Rhett and Link became, these two guys became huge YouTuber, uh, YouTubers, real popular on YouTube. Were ben, they popular when they were with Crusade? I don't know. Or is the it timeline? after this, whatever's happened? I think kind of after, Okay, but still they were Christians and um, they would, they would call themselves, I was watching, they put out a handful of videos explaining why they're not Christians anymore. So they would call themselves professional Christians, possibly on staff at a church, maybe staff at this parachurch ministry they were part of, all that sort of thing. I mean, just totally, totally in, um, in terms of Christianity and their faith and sharing the gospel with people. And so anyway, they have hours of video on their YouTube channel about why they are no longer Christians told from both of their different kind of individual journeys. And one thread that I picked up throughout all of it was... Um, they kept mentioning the guilt they felt, both of them, I think, talked about the guilt they felt, the guilt they felt as they were starting to have questions, Um, questions about things like evolution or the trustworthiness of the Bible or, uh, you know, reason to believe in the existence of God, all these sorts of things. So they would talk about how they would go pray and they just felt so guilty and how they would pray and be like, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know, that I'm maybe having these doubts and, and that sort of thing. Hmm. Anyway, I picked up this thread where I know at least for one of them, and I don't watch them enough, I don't, uh, I think it was Rhett, but um, I think Rhett, a big piece for him of no longer being a Christian, he explained was evolution. And and that that's a big, that seemed to be a huge thing for him. Uh, the idea of evolution, uh, debunking, uh, kind of the core of Christianity, whatever. That's not the point. The point is this, is that even though that was said, I kept hearing as I'm watching, playing these videos in the background, doing other work and listening, I kept hearing this. What about the guilt you felt? Because I'm interested in that right there. 
that, and maybe they gave it serious consideration. But what I heard was, I, it seems like the core reason that you left Christianity was because you still felt guilty. So you, this God you were giving your life to, literally your life, um, still seemed to be a God that didn't like you, love you, kind of condemned you still. Maybe you'd end up in judgment one day before him. Um, to the point that even a question of like, why do I believe the Bible induced guilt before him? Like kind of this potentially embarrassed to talk to him about it. I think in their own words, they would say they'd go to God in prayer and say, I'm sorry. And it's like, man, um, think about that kind of relationship. If a son had that with his father, where a son, you know, at the slightest sense of like, I might disappoint him. Yeah. And dad, I, I, I'm sorry, dad, that I'm asking like, you know, why I should trust you, but I'm just genuinely asking mm. or whatever. And, yeah. and the dad is immediately going to lay into him where he's like, I just feel gets it. Well, that kind of relationship with a dad is you're going to run eventually. Yeah. And my point is this, I heard and I wondered, man, did y'all ever get the heart and soul of the gospel? Right. Meaning, did you have down and did you hear over and over again? And did you preach to yourself over and over again, the message of justification? Is this really about the theory of evolution that completely upended your entire faith and life and family and career? Or is it perhaps I'm asking the question that, that justification, you drifted from the doctrine of justification yeah. and you drifted, where did you, you drifted into a feeling of, well, what's the opposite of being justified, condemned and guilty. Well, you can't last that long there until you, you end up crashing and burning. You come to a fork in the road yeah. and you go, if I'm still guilty before this God, after giving my entire life to him, why serve him at all? Yeah. Or maybe you hit the end of the road where you say, I can't believe I'm still guilty after serving him my whole life. I guess I need someone else to justify me. It, it's, it feels an awful lot like um, many times at the beginning of planning this church, I would have lots of conversations with people that, um, and that's what happens when you plan a church. You gather a lot of people that have left the church because mm-hmm. they, they want to give it one more try or they... Uh, are still a little curious and not ready to throw it completely away. And so you'd have these conversations with people that, uh, again, just being curious and asking about their Christian experience and their sense of understanding who God is and what the Christian life is, their understanding of Christianity. And uh, inevitably, in the description, it would come down to almost me saying to them, and sometimes I did say to them, you know, I don't, I don't believe in that God either. Um uh, that's not Christianity, right? And I, and and for those of you that are are wrestling with Christianity, please hear us, hear me. That the heart and soul. If you want to go into the clearest water, like what is Christianity? What's it? What's it all about? Yeah, we're going to tell you Jesus, but now we're going to push into Jesus and what He's done. It's justification. Mm-hmm. It's another's life, another's death another's righteousness, another's resurrection, another's reign for you. It's the doing, dying, and rising of another, not your doing, not your dying, not your rising. Um, 
there's justification addresses that uh, condemnation and guilt are basically kind of the same thing. Um, justification addresses that reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, shame is the emotion of guilt. Shame is the emotion of condemnation. So justification addresses condemnation, it addresses guilt, and it brings, it carries a boatload of new emotions that are life-giving to you. Uh, most notably is one called peace. Uh, you get the very peace of Jesus. This shalom is the Hebrew uh, world understood it. This thing where everything is actually set right and whole and complete uh, and the way it's supposed to be, uh, thriving, flourishing, uh, peace with God, peace with yourself. I mean, just even changing those two dynamics changes everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, how much mental health realities today for people is they have no peace with themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't know what to do with guilt and mm-hmm. condemnation and shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, many people are making millions off that right now, mm-hmm. trying to address that psychological breakdown that's happening in people. Successful people, every mm-hmm. kind of people, doesn't matter what race. So justification pushes into that, and what it's basically saying uh, is that there, your debt is paid, so condemnation and guilt is taken care of, the debt of your sin. Jesus becomes your condemnation. He becomes your sin. He takes your sin and becomes it. It's imputed to him. That's the doctrinal dynamic. That's the technical word for it. Your sin is now placed on Jesus. Uh, so he pays your debt. He becomes your condemnation. He becomes your guilt. Uh, when he's not, he's sinless. He's perfect. It's an imputation. And then he now imputes to you his righteousness, mm-hmm. uh, his perfection. Uh, it's Jesus' very own righteousness. So you get credit. So your debt's paid, credit's given, and you haven't done a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only that, you haven't changed at all. You're still a sinner. You're still corrupt. Uh, Paul ca- says God justifies the ungodly. Mm-hmm. So Christianity is this league of failures. Um, it's phenomenal. It's so radical. It's unbelievable. So much so that Jesus tells a story about two people, and it says at the very beginning he told it because those that he was talking to were trusting in themselves that they were righteous. Mm-hmm. And in thinking that you're righteous in yourself, it, the text says, and therefore they were condemning other people. Mm-hmm. And he tells a story, a famous story about a tax collector uh, and a Pharisee and saying how the one that was saying, Lord, have mercy on me, the sinner, the tax collector was the one that was justified. Uh, so it's a, it's a radical doctrine. It's a mm-hmm. dangerous doctrine. It's God declaring or calling something like, let there be righteousness where there is none. That's so radical, mm-hmm. but if that gets into your soul, that not only is an eternal game changer, it is a practical, functional, personal, relational, cultural game changer. Some people, there, there's so much we could say about this, but we'll wrap it up. But um, some people I know to kind of, uh, who may, maybe kind of, uh, cutting fine with this whole conversation about justification there have been talks of 
you know, um, well, sometimes when you talk this centrally about justification as we do, and we do here at Redeemer, you'll get responses um, of like, that's almost putting justification too central um, to what the Bible's all about or, or to what Christianity's all about or whatever, where it kind of can become like, you just personally like justification a lot, you know, and so you, you focus on it a lot. Um, but w- one thought I was just having about all this is that um, one of my seminary professors used to talk about that it's not justification just for the sake of justification, that we are justified and brought into life with God, okay? So he'd always say, life is all about life with God, okay? Um, However, it would be wrong, and I agreed with him, like we are justified not to just then kind of be sent out into the abyss or oblivion, right? We are justified to have life with God. Um, That Where that can be taken wrong is that you think justification is this just kind of technical stepping stone that you leave, you know, like I heard about it way back when, and I don't need to hear about it or think about it anymore, um, that got me in the kingdom. And now I think about other stuff about God, you know, but but justification is just one of many. My argument back to that is, number one, you cannot read the Bible and go, justification is just one of many kind of things that are talked about. Um, but also, God has supremely put himself on display as the God who justifies the ungodly. So, for instance, when you think about worship... Hmm. And you go, who am I worshiping, right? Yeah. Like if you go, justification is just the stepping stone to worship. Yeah. Okay, great. Leave it behind for a second. Let's pretend like just leave dust. You don't need to hear about it or preach about it. Let's just look at God, so to speak, or whatever. And you're going to worship him. Tell me something about him. Tell me, tell, me the, tell me the core heart thing that the Bible tells us about God. Yeah. Well all of a sudden, very quickly, you should say, he's the God who justifies the ungodly. And it's like, oh, (laughs) oh, so it's not just some stepping stone that you get rid of and stop thinking about. Perhaps for all of eternity, we are going to marvel. um, Is is it Ephesians 1, that for all of eternity, he's going to reveal to us the immeasurable riches of what? His grace. So to, to parse that out, he's going to reveal to us the immeasurable riches of his justifying grace, yep. that he would have mercy on ungodly people, that he would justify ungodly people and bring them into his presence and glorify them and give them life. So for all of eternity, we are going to marvel that God justifies the ungodly. It's so practical, right? Yep. Worship, who is God, uh, reading your Bible. Uh, the late uh, I can't G Ford. It's F O R D E. Is a Lutheran. A Forty, Lutheran, maybe. What is it? Forty. Yeah, like G. I can't remember, but I think I think people say forty. Forty. I'm okay. not sure. Well, he talks about how uh, sanctification is getting used to your justification. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's faith going deeper into this God who justifies that this is the heart of grace. Yeah. Um, and that that is actually what is the engine of the right, Christian right. life and life change and what's called sanctification. So, yeah, it's 
Yeah, there's so much. I mean, we could literally. I, in fact, I had somebody come up to me after on Saturday, on Sunday, this past Sunday, and says, "Man, I feel like we could just camp out in justification for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Could you do a whole sermon series on justification?" Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, "Okay, okay." Almost when you start getting justification, you start thinking that way. Mm-hmm. Because it's so fascinating when Paul preached in Acts 13 and he was preaching justification from Abraham to Moses to David to Jesus uh, in this modern day Turkish town. Uh, it says that they begged, <laughs> they, they, mm-hmm. the hearers begged that, that Paul would teach again and again and again on the subject. Mm-hmm. And it said at the next Sabbath, the, the whole city was there to hear him. That this is one of those doctrines that you beg for, and you beg for more when you hear it. So it, to get back to it, it's not just the ABCs, it's the A through Z. Mm-hmm. It's not just the, the doorway into Christianity or one room in Christianity, it's the whole freaking house. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's everything Mm -hmm. and i mean all you have to do i mean even if you don't even if you never opened up your bible let's say you never opened up your bible where the bible tells us these things if you were to just to look at which we are americans are pretty much this way very practical effective Mm -hmm. efficient people if you were just to look at church history and see where the church and the culture had its high points Mm -hmm. it's where this doctrine was thriving Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very big deal. And, and you know, the good, the good thing is, is in one sense, when you're talking about the Bible, it's like, do we need to do a series on justification or do we just need to preach the Bible because you get to Abraham and you're in the world of the doctrine of justification? Yeah. Um, uh, how do you talk about the cross, the resurrection, the life of Jesus? How do you talk about sin? How do you even talk about sanctification without going back to justification? Hey, you're still corrupt. Let's talk about sanctification. A part of that conversation is you are still corrupt in sin. So you better get a reminder that you're justified. Or you're dead. Right? I mean, you're all if you're preaching the Bible and, and reading the Bible, you're always swimming in the waters of the reality of justification. And um, anyways, that's enough for now. I know you got to go to an appointment. A um, couple more weeks of, of the Bible basics. Hopefully this is helpful. A uh, couple, couple more weeks. Uh, we'll probably pump out some summer episodes. Probably take a break come July. We may go dark um, and then uh, and then start things back up in August. So uh, until then. <laughs>